0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW proof. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
2: Sunday morning to you and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett and I've lined up some really wonderful guests for today's program. In just a moment, Jeffrey Isbell will be stopping by and sharing some personal experiences along with advice about attending basic obedience classes with your dog, something that I recommend everyone does to ensure they have a well-mannered and safe pet. And later, break out the tissue box for a heartwarming and empowering tale of a pit bull pup who, after crippling abuse, abandonment, and unjust discrimination, became one of the most sought-after therapy dogs of our time. It's an inspirational story that you won't want to miss here on the Pet Place Radio Show on KGIL Retro 1260.
1: (laughs) You are
2: listening to the Pet Place Radio Show here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining me now is one of our Pet Place family and a regular guest of the Pet Place. It's Jeff Isbell. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Marie. So, I understand that you and Willa and your daughter Ari have enrolled in dog obedience classes.
0: Well, Willa's my Willa's my dog. Have you talked about Willa? Before? We
2: have talked about Willa. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, it's funny, you know, you think you know something about dog training because you've you've done it before, but then you realize you get a new dog and it's kind of a good idea to take her back into the class.
2: I think it's a great idea. No matter how many dogs you've had, they're all different and they all need to go to school just like your kids. And every situation you're going to learn a little more yourself. So I think it's great that you're going.
0: Well, there's certain benefits that you get from being in class. First of all, it's a formal setting. And where you can expect certain things to happen, you're going to meet other dogs in a controlled environment with an expert there to kind of help you look at the kind of uh, the kind of behaviors that your dog is exhibiting around other people's dogs, and who, who can give you advice right on the spot. And that's different with each dog you get. So if you take your dog home and teach it a few tricks, which uh, like you know sit or you know shake or something like that, you can do that at home. But it really helps to be in an environment where you. Kind of are, are kind of are reminded uh, of the importance of those behaviors, such as being able to keep them from crashing the door when the mailman comes, or mm-hmm. uh, you know mauling uh, you know Aunt Polly when she walks in, and <laughs> stuff like that.
2: And and not just that, but jumping up with affection and love and licking and. A lot of people aren't as excited about those types of sh- demonstrations of affection as, as you might be, and, and so you need to be able to teach your dog good manners.
0: Well, we can expect a lot of our dogs, but we can't expect them to understand that dirty feet are a big diff- a lot different than clean feet, and they don't know what white pants are. <laughs>
2: Or black clothes. One of my attributes when I show up to work is I'm almost always covered in hair. Yeah, oh,
0: you're an animal person. <laughs> That's
2: right. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> I wear fur, and, and <laughs> I don't mean to.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I understand you're having your daughter do most of the training in the class, and she's 12 years old, and she knows a lot about animals. She's had animals all her life. But what's in the what's the importance of having a child, be the one who works with a dog in dog obedience classes.
0: Oh, you know, I f for Ariana in her case, she she really wants to she really wants to, to take Willa into um
2: Well I understand that she wants Willa to obey her as much as she obeys you and and that's a little bit of a problem now because she looks as you She looks to you as the master, and she doesn't look to Ariana as the master. And so Ariana can be in a situation where she needs her dog to sit or stay and not run away because it could be in danger. And if Willa doesn't listen to her, then there's going to be problems. So Willa has to understand that Ariana is as much of an alpha-type figure as you are.
0: Yeah, no, I disagree with all that.
2: No, yeah,
0: that's exactly right. What I was going to say was she wants to take Willa into agility training for fun. But you can't really, you got to start with baby steps, and she can't really do that until she's established herself as kind of a leader with Willa. And, yeah, when we go to these classes, what we've discovered, I mean, it's not like it's a big surprise, but Willa tends to look to me or to my wife to understand what, she's supposed to do and kind of ignores our little one because she's just now started growing tall and she's just now become started to become one of the grown-ups in the family and i think willa is thinking should i should i really listen to her you know she's just a kid and and yeah it's important that our our our, do- our daughter can can actually control her in all situations especially potentially dangerous situations a loose dog, another dog, near traffic, a cat.
2: Mm -hmm. And also having a dog that understands basic obedience is a very good thing. Willa is somewhat fearful when she's out and about and not in her familiar home surroundings. And if she gets into a situation that's scary for her, when you give her a job to do, suddenly concentrating on whatever that is that's scary – goes away because she has to focus on her job and so that makes her more comfortable and more at ease
0: well um i don't know how much you've talked about this on the show but willa is a dog that had a rough beginning and she's terrified of things that we can only imagine we weren't there but we know she had a rough uh rough start in life and suffered some abuse and she's she's very scared by a lot of things but you know gradually getting better, and uh, these lessons are helping her to get better, but it also gives us unique challenges in, in, uh, in understanding, in, in being consistent mm-hmm. with following directions.
2: What we're saying is, even though it's great to be able to teach a dog to sit, to stay, to come back to you, if you call it, to come back. Another advantage is, by giving a dog a job, it helps them get over any kind of emotional problems that they might have suffered prior to them becoming your own pet.
0: Well, I mentioned earlier, for example, the mailman, and that's always a challenge for most people because a dog wants to protect its territory. And here you have a person who comes to the door every day and messes around out there in some incomprehensible way for your dog and then leaves your dog starts barking at this noise and scares the person off and is therefore encouraged to continue to behave that way. Well, once you've started training, you get a few behaviors that are reliable, such as sit or stay. Well, when the male, when you see the male person coming, you can immediately tell your dog to come and sit and stay. And if they... If they kind of blow it and they bark a little bit. You know, you thank them for letting you know because that is kind of their nature and their job. And you say, okay, that's good. Now go lay, you know, lay down.
2: In a nutshell, you're acknowledging what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. I think a lot of times what happens when a dog is barking, it's trying to say, hey, something important is happening. Hey, 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 listen to me. Hey, something important is happening. And the whole time they're expressing themselves, they're being told, they're bad dogs. No, stop. And yet to them, this is really critical that they convey the message. So just like with human beings, you want to be heard. You want your point to be understood. So if you allow your dog the opportunity to bark once or twice and say, okay, thank you. I understand.
0: And then give them a job.
2: And then give them a new job to do. They're happy and they stop the barking. But people need to understand that dogs are trying to communicate, too, and it's very frustrating for them to think that their urgent point is being completely missed. Yeah. And that could be very scary to a dog, too, if they think somebody's coming who's a threat to their pack, to their their den, and for some reason they can't seem to make that clear to the other pack members. You could understand how frustrating that could be for a dog and how it would insist on barking that much more. Or that much louder?
0: Well, I know I do.
2: (laughs) You bark louder?
0: Well, when somebody won't listen. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we all do?
2: Oh, Yeah, that's true. So they're communicating in the way that an animal communicates, and we need to understand that and respect that. Let me ask you this, because we don't have a lot of time. I know that a lot of people want instant success when they take their dogs to basic obedience and will drop out if they're not seeing that success. What's your advice to somebody who's contemplating enrolling their dog in basic obedience?
0: Yeah, That was just what I wanted to bring up, too, because for anybody who's thinking about taking their dog to lessons or, or, or you know, basic obedience training you may not know what it is. It's as much about giving the dog a chance to understand you, but more important, for you to actually understand how a dog works. And the most important thing is consistency. You can't be inconsistent. You can't expect the dog to learn something. Well, actually, the dog will learn whatever you teach it. So if you say no begging at the table and then give it food once in a while, the dog will learn that. The dog will know that you... If it begs
2: long enough, it'll be rewarded. Yeah.
0: Well, it learns that you talk a lot, and it doesn't mean anything, (laughs) but that there's food at the end of it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what exactly what the dog will learn. And, and people make all these assumptions about what the dog is really going to think. So you just have to be consistent and...
2: Set the rules and keep to the rules. That way the dog knows what's expected and will behave accordingly.
0: Yeah. The thing I'm trying to say, though, is there are certain phrases in our language that are so easy... They're common. We hear them a lot. And so they go in one ear and out the other. So when, I, when we say... Set the rules and stick to them. No, really.
2: <laughs> Bad humans.
0: Bad human. Be consistent. Very
1: consistent.
2: That's right. And, and I don't think we could say that word enough. Consistency is the key. Every animal is going to learn at its own pace. And some animals are just going to be slow. Be patient. Eventually, you're going to have that perfect model dog that you've been hoping for, but it's up to you.
0: I, I really would like to add to that. I, I I know so many people who get a dog and they say, oh, this dog is stupid. This is not like my last dog. Well, let's talk about who's stupid. Every dog's pretty much a genius. Just give them a little bit of time and you'll be amazed how smart they get.
1: That's so true.
2: Well, Jeff, it's always fun to hear your tales, and I'm glad you were able to stop by today. But we do need to take a very fast station break now. However, when we return, Joseph Dwyer, pet dad and author of Shelby's Grace, is waiting in the wings with a truly inspirational pet story. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment with more Pet Place Radio here on KGIL Retro 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. It's my pleasure now to introduce Joseph Dwyer, who has written a wonderfully inspiring book about his dog, Shelby. Welcome to the Pet Place, Joseph.
3: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So
2: tell me about your book, Shelby's Grace. I understand Shelby's a pit bull, and, uh, and you wanted to honor her with this very special book.
3: I certainly did. Shelby is a very special dog. I'm a dog trainer, and I've... Met so many wonderful dogs, but Shelby was abused, she was abandoned, and really given up for dead. And I rescued her into our home, which was a pleasure in itself. But then we learned she had a, a special gift a gift to be a therapy dog. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, I trained her in between her surgeries. She took her test, and she is now a wonderful therapy dog, I will say, who really brings a lot of joy and love and compassion to people Oh,
2: that's wonderful what did she need surgeries for
3: her back legs were very badly damaged uh, most likely from some type of continual abuse so she needed to have those surgeries done to repair the damage in her back legs
2: does she have any lasting problems associated with that
3: thanks to her very very accomplished surgeon No, Uh, and I could tell you that when she runs around the yard, uh, she looks more like a greyhound than a a, a pit bull, (laughs) so thankfully she does not.
2: How did you come across Shelby?
3: I volunteer at the Bloomfield Animal Shelter, and that is where Shelby was brought into the Bloomfield Shelter after she was left abandoned, tied to a Shell gas station fence,
1: hence her name
3: Shelby. (laughs) Yes.
2: Very creative. And and did anyone ever pursue investigating who the abuser was, and did anything come of that?
3: No, unfortunately, and that is something that is probably goes on around the country, there really isn't a whole lot done to pursue some of the horrible things that are done to some of these beautiful creatures. And Shelby's a perfect example, and she's not the only one. There's many others like her, I am sure, out there Mm -hmm. uh, who would make not only wonderful pets, but also potentially could be just like her as a therapy dog. So, no, unfortunately there's really not usually a lot done to pursue the evils done to these dogs.
2: I've spoken with a lot of guests uh, over the years with Pet Place who have adopted pets who have been abused and neglected seriously. And in spite of it all, they become loving, wonderful, well-adapted pets that that seem to truly appreciate their second chance. And it seems like Shelby is one of those dogs who who seems to really appreciate the fact that you rescued her.
3: There's no question in my mind that what you say is very true. They do know. Uh, I think they know a lot more than we give them credit for. Uh, in spite of the fact that sometimes they can get into a little bit of trouble, but don't we all, right?
1: Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm.
3: yes, you're right. And I've not only seen it in Shelby, but another dog that lives with us here that we also rescued. And I've seen it in some of the other dogs that have been adopted into homes from shelters, again, as a dog trainer. I've seen that real, genuine uh, knowledge in their mind that they have been rescued and they never forget it.
1: hmm
2: That is so true, and and I know it's hard to believe for people who have never been around a rescued dog, but it it just really is so obvious, and and it's not just me anthropomorphizing. I can never say that word correctly, but (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean. I do. Hey, I have a question for you. I know you're a real advocate for animals, and I'd like to hear a little bit about some of your activities and what you're hoping to accomplish with Shelby's help.
3: Well, Marie, I'll tell you, I I have grand plans and hopes for Shelby's Grace, the book, that it will turn the minds and hearts of many people out there who have the wrong view of pit bulls. And unfortunately, that continues today, not only with pit bulls, but other breeds and other people as well. So my hope is that the book itself not only accomplishes that, but also really brings people to a higher level of love and compassion in their daily lives today which is something that Shelby really comes through the pages of her story telling very well and I think nobody would argue that today's world really needs stories like that but in addition every time I am able to have the privilege of selling a copy of her book I put some of the proceeds aside And my hope and prayer is that some of those proceeds uh, have already done some good things, but that will do many good things to save animals' lives in shelters across the country.
1: That's
2: fabulous. And, And one of the main goals of the Pet Place is to always remind people to adopt pets from shelters. Don't encourage breeders. Don't encourage pet stores. There are so many animals that are already here that need homes, and they make great pets. Don't you think so?
3: I absolutely think so, and uh, as I said, I've I've seen so many. Certainly, the dogs that have lived here with us, but also many others. They really do. And you
2: can't take them all uh, yourself.
1: <laughs> no,
3: I wish I could, but I I really can't. I had I had a stretch to get Shelby into the house. That was our fourth dog, so that that about maxed us out. <laughs>
2: I know a lot of people are a little concerned about adopting a pit bull, and, and here in Los Angeles especially, most of the dogs in shelters, the grand majority, are pit bulls, and people are actually afraid to adopt them. Now, now you didn't have any fear at all in, in adopting Shelby. Is that true?
3: No, I certainly did not. And,
2: and why is that? I know you work at a shelter. You're around these dogs. Can you explain to people why you don't need to be fearful of pit bulls?
3: Well, pit bulls, unfortunately, have a very bad rap associated with them. They are actually, when they do temperament testing on breeds, uh, various groups perform these tests, they actually perform in the top percentile of dog breeds, I want to say in the top five. So their temperament is is far from what the perception is out there. Mm
1: -hmm. The reason
3: that many of them are in shelters, sadly, is because, like Shelby, they're used possibly in fighting rings or, or one of those horrible situations, and then they're left, um, either abandoned, as she was, or in some cases even worse. And that's why the shelters, unfortunately, are overrun with them. Mm-hmm. But it's no different than a person. You know, Marie, I, I oftentimes say that if you're over a particular nationality, you would not be want to be told that every person in that nationality does a b and c
1: right
3: and it's the same thing for a breed of dog mm-hmm. every dog is different they have different personalities and if they're taught to love and to be compassionate then that's the way they'll be
1: Absolutely. And in
3: fact pit bulls are also very bright and have a very strong desire to please their owners
2: mm-hmm. that and is be- completely true yeah.
3: and because of that they make outrageous companions so, in a,
2: good way. That's in good, a good way. In a very good
3: way. In a very good way.
2: With any dog, if you're looking at a dog at a shelter, I, I could understand there's a little bit of a question mark as to whether or not they'll have a good temperament. What did you see in Shelby that gave you the reassurance that she was a sweet and loving dog?
3: Shelby was really very depressed in the shelter. She was in pain from obvious, whatever obvious... Um, wounds that she had in her back legs as well as visible wounds on her body. And anybody, and even a dog or a person, will at least be a little bit cranky, and in dog's case they call it aggression,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
3: when they are so badly hurt or sick. And in her case, uh, none of that was evident at all. Unfortunately, though, in her case, she was uh, becoming even more depressed and despondent and she barely was able to get up and even walk and oh, go for walks poor thing. So, so it was obvious to me that not only did she have very pure in terms of her temperament, but if she was left there much longer, she probably would not have made it.
1: so mm.
3: we had established a very great relationship, her and I, and I just couldn't let that happen. so I convinced my wife that we should have an even number of dogs, three was not a good number. <laughs> My plan OCD
2: really works in (laughs) your (laughs) favor. Yeah, I don't.
3: I still don't know how I pulled that off, but obviously it worked.
2: Hey, I have a question for you. When did you realize that Shelby would make a good therapy dog?
3: In between her surgeries and her need to try to rehabilitate uh, slowly, we had taken her for a walk one evening in the town that we live in, and. Upon coming upon a park, we saw a home for the elderly, and there was a man sitting outside in a wheelchair, and he motioned to bring Shelby over and called over. I was a little hesitant at first, only because I wasn't sure how he would react and how Shelby would react, Mm -hmm. but I said, well, I have complete confidence in Shelby, why not? And we went over, and within five minutes, Shelby had her, even less actually, but she had her head right on his knee and he was petting her and then he looked up at me and he had tears in his eyes
2: and and the rest is
3: history
2: and all of this is in the book let's tell everybody really fast because we're almost out of time, where can you get Shelby's Grace?
3: Well, Shelby's Grace is available on Shelby's website, she has her own website and Facebook page Uh, but her website is all one word, Shelby's Grace com, okay. And the book can be purchased there. It's also available through Amazon. And right now it's available on Barnes & Noble's online store.
2: Wonderful. So, well,
3: Shelby is
2: an amazing little doggie, and I wish you and her all the best with your book and further adventures.
3: Well, thank you very much. And it was a real pleasure being on the show with you.
2: Well, thank you. And we need to take a short break, but we'll be right back on the Pet Place Radio Show on Retro 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show, and guess what? It's time for Pet Place News and Events. Yesterday, all of us from the Pet Place had a wonderful opportunity to appear at Petapalooza, which is going on today as well. What is Petapalooza, you might ask? Well, it's one of the largest pet expos on the West Coast, featuring over 100 vendors and two dozen pet-related shows and exhibitions. There's non-stop entertainment acts featuring splash dogs, seeing eye dog demonstrations, canine police demonstrations, agility courses, fly ball contests, frisbee dogs, a canine stunt show, a petting zoo, exotic animal displays, and so much more. And, best of all, there's a lot of pets available for adoption. There's something for the entire family at this special place, and if you love pets, then this free, yes free, event is for you. On a special note, the goal for Petapalooza is to help 200 shelter, hopefully more, rescue animals find a new home. So not only will any pet lover have a great time at this very special event, but you can find that perfect pet that you've been looking for and give it a forever home. We need you to wrangle up all your friends and neighbors and head on over to Petapalooza by attending the event and spreading the word to your friends and family. You're helping give these homeless pets an opportunity to have a future that they may not otherwise have. For more information about today's Petapalooza, call 909. 909- 472-3377. That's all for me. Remember, pets need love and a home too. We'll be back next week here on Retro 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day.